Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, the Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is October 29th, 2018. A nor'easter ploughed through Acton, Massachusetts on Saturday, stripping the trees of many of the remaining leaves and laying them in a thick layer on the grass below. On Sunday, our twin shih tzus, Buddy and Bruiser, came gambling out of the house for a walk and then stopped with an even more puzzled-than-usual expression on their faces. The landscape said winter was coming, but they could smell the grass growing below and it told them that all of this was premature. A financial nor'easter blew through the global stock markets in October. Through last Friday, the S&P 500 had fallen 8.7% for the month, the MSCI EFA had declined by 9.9%, and the MSCI EM had dropped by 10.3%. Some who have worried for a long time about the end of the cycle have declared this the start of a bear market. However, actual data from the month of October hardly supports this view. While the market could drift down further in the days ahead, unless something more tangible goes wrong in the global financial landscape, there should still be more upside than downside for equities in the months ahead. The end of October should provide investors with a treasure trove of data to test this view. So where do things stand? First, growth. The headline 3.5% annualized growth reported in last Friday's GDP report looked very strong at first glance, with year-over-year growth hitting 3% for the first time since the spring of 2015. However, beneath the surface, the gain was more modest, with inventory growth accounting for 2.4 percentage points of the 3.5% gain. Inventory growth is now a little bit above its long-term trend and could subtract modesty from growth going forward. Business fixed investment spending rose at a lethargic 1.1% annualized rate in the third quarter, following a strong first half of the year, and consumer spending, which grew at a sparkling 4% rate in the third quarter, will likely grow more slowly going forward as tax cut effects fade. It should be emphasized, however, that all of this just suggests an eventual slowing of growth to a 2% pace rather than a slide into recession. This week's numbers will provide further insight into the pace of economic growth, with data due out on personal income and spending on Monday, consumer confidence on Tuesday, and light vehicle sales on Thursday. Jobs. This week will also provide fresh information on the labour market, with the release of the October Employment Report on Friday. While these data will have been impacted somewhat by hurricanes in both September and October, the weekly pattern on unemployment claims has been both low and steady, suggesting only modest weather effects on the labour market. Overall, we believe that roughly 200,000 payroll jobs were created in October, with the unemployment rate falling to a fresh near 50-year low of 3.6%. In this context, it is worth noting the data released by the State Department on Friday show that immigrant visas fell for a second consecutive year in fiscal 2018, which ended on September 30th, further highlighting a growing labor supply constraint in the U.S. economy. What about profits? Well, despite volatility in equity prices, the third quarter earnings season has been spectacularly strong, with 240 companies having reported from the S&P 500, or 57% of the market cap, we are tracking year-over-year operating EPS growth of more than 29%. So far, a well-above-average 79% of firms have beaten expectations in EPS, although much more normal 45% have beaten on sales, probably reflecting the impact of a stronger dollar. 
While companies are expressing caution about future earnings growth, the 2018 earnings explosion has both cut forward P.E. ratios to below their 25-year average and financed an increasing volume of stock buybacks. A further 139 S&P 500 companies are due to report this week. On inflation, well, inflation was relatively tame in the September CPI report, and this should be confirmed in consumption deflator data due out on Monday. Going forward, while slowly accelerating wages may add to inflation pressures, oil prices have recently backed off from their highs, and the dollar has risen. All told, this suggests that inflation should remain close to the Fed's target of 2% for the personal consumption deflation in the year ahead. International. The week ahead will also feature some important international economic indicators. Data from Japan and the Eurozone will likely show still tightening labor markets, while the Eurozone should show continued steady economic growth. Global October manufacturing PMI data, due out on Friday, should show a similar picture to numbers for September, with steady growth in most major economies but booming growth almost nowhere. Politics. In the U.S., this week represents the last week in the run-up to the midterm elections. Campaign rhetoric may well be more restrained this week in response to the recent hate-inspired attacks and attempted bombings. At this stage, the most likely scenario is one in which the Republicans maintain control of the Senate but just lose control of the House. If this transpires, the administration will be forced to compromise to get significant new policies enacted. However, it is more likely that a stalemate will ensue as both sides immediately turn their attention to 2020 when the Democrats will attempt to gain full control of both the executive and legislative branches. Rates. The Federal Reserve will be meeting next week. While they're not likely to raise rates at this meeting, they are widely expected to do so at their last meeting of the year in mid-December. In the minutes of the most recent meeting, it appeared that a majority of Fed officials were open to raising rates above their 3% long-term estimate of the equilibrium rate. However, it should be noted that they've been raising rates very slowly in this cycle. If growth does indeed slow in the second half of 2019 with little inflation, the Fed may well just introduce two further rate hikes by June of next year, taking the funds rate to a range of 2.75% to 3%, and then stay there for the remainder of the year. Valuations. All of this suggests moderate growth, moderate inflation, moderate interest rates, and spectacularly strong profits, which, on its own, would be a pretty good backdrop for stocks. However, the combination of strong earnings and falling stock prices has also contributed to lower valuations. As of the end of last week, the S&P 500 was selling at 15.2 times earnings, compared to a 25-year average of 16.1 times. While this does not make U.S. stocks excessively cheap, it should be reassuring to long-term investors, particularly in an environment where long-term interest rates are well below their average levels over the same period. Predicting the stock market in the short run is little like predicting the track of a nor'easter, and there are plenty of dangers to the fundamentals underlying the stock market, including higher tariffs, excessive, uh, excessive Fed tightening, or some overseas financial disaster. However, for long-term investors, it's important to recognize the grass still growing beneath the leaves and to not get too defensive too early in an economic cycle and bull market that should still have room to run. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only. And as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information 
and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.